Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Screen Heroes. My name is Ray. I am one of your three regular hosts. I have my other two amazing hosts with me, Derek. Hello. And Ryan. Hi. How are you guys? Good, good. Here, virtually. We yeah. are. We're doing this uh, online instead of in person. I miss your faces. But we can see each other. We have webcams. Yeah, our faces are here. So she's kind of lying about that. It is weird, though. I think this is the first online episode we've really done. Correct. Is it? I think so. Yeah, it might be. And this is episode 150! (sighs) Yay! It's good stuff. We're going to talk about Alita, Battle Angel. Yes. Yes. We're going to talk about that movie. Rachel's very excited about that. So excited. Um, we're going to talk some news like we normally do. Are you guys watching anything cool right now? I'm doing a yet another rewatch of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Well, that sounds like it belongs on a different podcast, Ryan. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've watched some stuff. I mean, yeah. I, uh, Big Mouth on Netflix. Have you seen that? I'm aware of it. It's pretty funny. It is. It's it's pretty funny. Um, I'm watching that, and then I started Umbrella Academy also. Oh, so. nice! How are you liking Umbrella Academy? So far, so good. There's the one like character that's big, like really like hulking big. Yeah. And his his proportions freak me out, and I'm trying to like cope with that. It, How it far makes me f- into it? Feel weird mentally. Like I have, I can't can't grasp it. Um, two episodes, I think. Have they revealed why he's that big yet? No, oh. uh, I mean not not that I know of. I mean okay. they showed him in space in the first episode. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but that's about okay. all I know about him. Yeah. Well, I don't want to ruin it for you, but if they keep to the comics, it's a fun reveal. Well, then I look forward to that because I like his character. It's just he's really <laughs> I I don't know weird. Fair enough. What about you, Rachel? What are you watching without Derek? <laughs> uh so i watched the first episode of doom patrol last week and i really liked it it's it's this weird like come together cozy let's be an odd family kind of thing and then 
there are some fucks and shits and like creepy people thrown in. So. Is it basically like it was on Titans? Yeah. No, you don't think so. I, I mean, it, maybe I misunderstood Ryan's question. Do you well, mean like uh, I had fun with them on Titans and the way they like all work together and and uh, their chemistry? Then yes, yes. I was asking. Okay. Yeah, the first episode serves basically as like an origin story for most of the characters, which is kind of cool. I wanted to watch it the other day, but it hasn't popped up on the torrent <laughs> site yet. So fair enough. Wah, wah. Sorry about that cough. I'm getting a drink of water now. Sure, sure, yeah. Quite parched. Yeah. (laughs) Alrighty then. So, let's move on. Anybody got some fun news? Any Shazam game? Does it have to be fun news? It could be sad news. Okay, well, all I have is Shazam Gate, but it's not really... Well, some of it's sad. Uh, Funko... Well, they had Toy Fair. I guess was a big bit of news, so that just ended up. Um, but they, yeah, Funko uh, completely spoiled a bunch of character reveals that had kind of been revealed before, but they released it on their official accounts with like no spoiler warning, no nothing about several other heroes that appear in the film. So that's fun. Funko's sadly pretty notorious for this. They just want to get their kicks, I guess, or product out, but it's just so annoying. It used to be Lego that had all the problems, and they were the ones with the first reveals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes they are, but now it seems like Funko, at least the Shazam. And then uh, Entertainment Weekly released a still today. That was pretty cool, but it didn't really... I mean, unless you just really want to see shots of the movie, um, it's not really worth checking out. But if you happen to stumble across it, it is a cool, cool photo. Sounds good. What else? I'm sure you guys have some news. Oh, the same stuff that has happened to other films like uh, Justice League and uh, Aquaman and Ghostbusters. Uh, people are trying to bring down Captain Marvel before it's been seen by press. Like, there's no possible way anybody has seen it so far, but for some reason, it's bombing on Rotten Tomatoes. So, people are just spamming it with bad reviews, trying to make it do poorly. Um, A lot of people are quoting uh, Brie Larson's interview that she did a little while ago when she said that for some reason... The only people that interview her are white males, and she thought that critics should be a bit more diverse. And people took that as a no white male should ever interview her again. Like Guys are actually quoting that in the com- comment section of these things, so it's just a little sad. Hopefully it's not going to deter anything and people are gonna like the movie because it's good or dislike the movie because it's not and you know it's a marvel picture so we have like a 70 30 chance it's gonna be good no 30 percent chance of it being mediocre exactly yeah zero percent chance of being terrible right it is tracking for over 100 million dollars opening weekend still so i don't know how much this is really going to hurt anything it, it does continue to show the problem with these aggregate opinion-based rating sites because anybody can go out there and put 
a star rating whether they've seen the movie or not. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a big problem. I mean, it's a problem in movies. It's a problem in products, right? You can go on Amazon right now and see reviews from people tanking or, you know, giving something five stars that hasn't even been released yet either from a product perspective. So I don't know what the solution is to this, but it is really frustrating. I agree. I completely agree. There's not much else to say about it. I'm sure that Brie Larson will do just fine. Didn't she also say this week that she wants Kamala Khan to be in in the sequel? She did, yeah. And I would absolutely love that too. More characters, just different stories to tell. It'd be a lot of fun. Kamala Khan's done really well in the comics. So, couldn't hurt. I don't know much about Kamala, but I thought that was interesting. I know that it's a non-white superhero, so, you know, that's always a plus. (laughs) Uh, also, I guess in the the movie world, of course, is there's no more Ben Affleck Batman. We talked a bit about that last week, so now all the rumors are swirling about who's going to replace him. So we've had uh, Army Hammer is going to be Batman. To he's not going to be Batman. To he's never spoken to anybody about Batman ever in his life. So, <laughs> which is incorrect because he was cast as Batman at one point. He was for George well, that, Miller's. That last yeah, part Justice was League. that last part was a little bit of an exaggeration. Really, his his he was quoted saying more along the lines of nobody has confirmed his schedule, meaning no one's really talked to him about this particular role in the Batman by Matt Reeves. Well, there was just one uh, one guy that was reporting his insider info, and then a bunch of other people. That are including, I think, Umberto Gonzalez and a couple other people said, no, that's not true at all. And those guys, you know, you can talk about how Jason Momoa, you know, said he wasn't Aquaman for so long before he was confirmed as Aquaman. But these guys are not (laughs) involved with the production. So when they say he's not, it's not like they're hiding something like Jason Momoa was. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they could be wrong. Right. But it seems unlikely at this point. It's the problem with clickbaity headlines. Absolutely nothing confirms that these things are happening, but headlines just will kind of imply it. Uh, there was a similar thing the other day. Comicbook.com reported that Mahershala Ali had replaced Wesley Snipes as Blade. I'd be really and okay with that. The thing was, it was just a piece of fan art. Mm. It it was just a piece of fan art. It looked amazing. Mahershala Ali as Blade is, you know, it might be my dream casting at this point. Somebody else came up with it, but I, I love it. It's just, it's not official. Marvel is so not worried about Blade right now. <laughs> like, that is so back burner. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I guess, well, so speaking of Marvel, uh, The Punisher and Jessica Jones are officially canceled on netflix uh surprising no one but um i'm surprised it took this long to announce the punisher and then kind of surprised that they're announcing jessica jones before her season comes out but i think everybody just wanted it to happen already yeah we're tired of it waiting my hope is that jessica jones had enough notice of all these shows getting canceled that they're able to actually wrap it up in a way instead of like leaving you know, it opened to another season or whatever, they're able to actually wrap some things up and not just kind of leave them hanging. That would be nice. A huge problem with Punisher, Daredevil, and Iron Fist is they left it completely open for 
other and Luke thing. Cage. Oh yeah, Luke Cage. Yeah, Luke Cage yeah. might have been the worst of that. Yeah. But all four shows just kind of left it open-ended, so it's kind of a bummer. Now, with Disney announcing that their adult-oriented content will find a home on Hulu, because uh, we knew it wasn't going to be Disney+, Plus, it's possible that in a couple of years, these characters could be revived on Hulu in their same incarnation, and in a new incarnation. Uh, they do have to wait two years, though. Yes. I- I don't see them doing that. It just seems it would seem weird that Netflix retains all the rights to their shows and then they continue those characters on another platform. So if you want to start watching the show, you have to start on Netflix and then go to Hulu. I don't think that that's going to be a thing that a lot of people are wanting to do. I have a feeling that they will be rebooted in entirely new stories, new cast, which is a damn shame. I truly think that the netflix marvel shows have been some of the best superhero storytelling we've had i still maintain that if they're gonna do a reboot then they need to do the uh teen titans go version of defenders <laughs> that would be it's hilarious. perfect iron fist is robin and uh and uh jessica jones is raven come on yeah that's this thing writes amazing. itself fair enough I feel like Iron Fist is Starfire, though. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> Who would be Robin, then? I mean, I guess well, Daredevil. Clearly, yeah, clearly. I don't know. He doesn't really act like that. but No, he doesn't. But he is the leader. It's almost like that's they're true. all very different characters. That's true. Almost. Almost. All right. Any other news? I mean. Probably. But I can't think of it. No, that's fine. That's all the news. Okay. I've decided. Fair enough. Are we taking our break then? Sure, yeah. Let's go ahead and take our break. And when we get back, we'll talk about Alita Battle Angel along with this weekend's box office numbers. Hey, everyone. This is Greg from Red Shirts and Runabouts. We're the resident Star Trek podcast as part of the Heroes Podcast Network group. If you love Star Trek and things science fiction, we're definitely the show for you. Join us every Thursday as we talk about Star Trek Discovery, the new Picard show, and other ongoing content and new creations from the Star Trek universe. If you want to find us, search Red Shirts and Runabouts podcast on Apple and Google Play. And if you want to interact with us as a host, you can find us at Red Shirts Pod on Twitter. Okay, guys, welcome back. We are now going to get into the meat of the episode, Alita Battle Angel. We hope that you went to go see it. Or very sorry if you didn't. Otherwise, this is all going to sound like gibberish. So maybe pause and come back. Who knows? Do you guys want to give, like, kind of your spoiler-free thoughts at this time? Do we want to talk box office first? Isn't that how we usually do it? You're right. I'm so messed up by not having you guys in person. This is awful. Okay, so Alita did fairly well. It was still the worst President's Day weekend in 15 years, apparently. Woo! Okay. Weird. <laughs> that wasn't really a woo thing, but okay, Derek. <laughs> weird flex, brah. Um... Let's see, it made $28.5 million just this weekend. Lego Movie came in second with twenty point eight, and Isn't It Romantic? Ooh, hard, hard drop there, $14.2 million. And that one is just getting the absolute worst review, so I wouldn't go see that, guys. Wait till Redbox. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Well, you guys have the subs plus. You can go see it. Oh, or we subs could. premium or whatever. Except we still have self-esteem, so. It's called AMC A-List. Whatever it's called. Stubbs Plus, I like it. (laughs) Stubbs Plus. (laughs) That's right. Um, No, I mean, the box office kind of sounds worse than... 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And it really is, in my opinion, you know, opening, yeah, you're right, it's 28 and a half. But if you include the full weekend, you know, up through Monday, um, it moves up to over 42 million. And then you include the international, that adds almost 95 million. Absolutely. So, so it's at 137 after We're its also- opening weekend. We're also kind of, it's really hard to compare to the last three years because in chronological order going backwards, last year was Black Panther, the year before was Deadpool, and the year before that was Kingsman, and all fucking crushed it. Alita probably suffered from a bit of confusion, people not knowing what it is, so they had to rely heavily on James Cameron's name. Christoph Waltz's appearance, Mahershala Ali's appearance. And then uh, at the same time, it was delayed a few times. So that probably threw people off too and why they didn't go see it on Friday. But, you know, once their friends started talking about it, saw it on Monday. Yeah, uh, it's important to talk about it in context. It, it did have a budget of $170 million, which is a pretty strong budget, right? We talk about how movies like Suicide Squad and Aquaman got 160, 165. Star Wars movies tend to get 200. So yeah, this so was it a... doubled its budget. I'm sorry? It, I said it doubled its budget. What did? The box office. Like, it made back... It's made no. it's made 137 so far worldwide. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. You said 170. My bad. Yes. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. it's getting there. I mean, it'll probably break that in its second weekend, uh, which means it will be a profitable film. It's definitely yeah. not a box office bomb, but certainly not the the epic powerhouse that many people thought it might be based on the way Avatar was received. Eh. It's still James Cameron produced, not James Cameron directed. So. That's, true. That's true. I think it was actually a plus in this case. It's a fair point. Yeah, are any of us actual James Cameron fans, like current movies? It, you can't really talk about Aliens and Terminator. I mean, like right now, are you a James Cameron fan? It's been a while since he's done something that has been really strong for me, right? Um he does have his new Terminator movie coming out later this year with Linda Hamilton returning and Arnold Schwarzenegger returning. So we'll, we'll see. But I mean, to your point, yeah, it's been a long time. Even when Avatar came out, it's really just Fern Gully with better special effects. Ryan. Uh, I mean, no, Okay. <laughs> but, but, but when something says James Cameron produced, I'm probably going to go see it. That's I mean, because we'll get into it with this movie, but the thing about it is there's always some sort of technology or innovation going on in the movie, and usually it's worth seeing regardless of the plot. Agreed. That's fair. Now, okay, bef- so... Well, I was just going to say, before we continue, I think it's important to note that, at least for me, I've never read the manga. So this is a fresh eye as far as the Alita story is concerned. What about you guys? No. Negative. Okay. 
I think it's also important to note that did you guys see it in the 3D? No. Okay, I saw it in 3D, so there will be a nice difference there. Good, Sounds good. good. If anyone is curious, the manga is named G U N N M Gunm, so you can check that out. Uh, that is the English version. They've pretty much changed all the covers to Battle Angel, but just in case you still find like some older copies, it's out there like that. All right. Well, then, to raise earlier question, Ryan, what are your spoiler-free thoughts before we dive into details? It's very mixed bag for me. Um, I, I I left feeling pretty enthralled with it, but also going there was a lot of stuff I didn't like about that movie. But I definitely thought that for me the the things I liked outweighed the things I didn't like. Um, okay. So, I mean, it kind of, we'll get into it more, but it kind of depends on if you're, are you a fan of dystopian sci-fi movies? Because I think there's, if you are, there's a lot of things that you're going to like in this movie. Um, But if you're not, it's probably going to be a pass for you. Yeah, that's fair. Derek, how about you? I think I'm kind of in a similar boat. Um, I will say that it got me interested enough that I want to now read the manga um, and interested enough that I will probably go see it in 3D. My mom is interested in seeing it, so I think I'll go see it with her to kind of see what that looks like. But to Ryan's point, yeah, I think there's just it, – it's kind of all over the place. Um, the best way for me to describe it is it's a a beautifully silly film. <laughs> and we'll, we'll get into you know the details. But, Ray, what about you? So I think I have similar opinions, but overall I'm swinging to the negative side of things. I will say maybe that is because I do have a more Western sensibility to my movies, and this did play out like a manga, where things aren't always super happy, bad stuff happens, and you just kind of have to deal with it. So maybe that's part of it. I will say it was absolutely beautiful. Everything was rendered amazingly. Rosa Salazar did great. Christoph Waltz, Mahershala Ali, Jennifer Connelly. They were all to die for in this. So my problem's not the cast. I think my problem's with the story. I I felt like it continued to drag. And it, the best thing I can say about the story is that it was silly. And that's not really a compliment. Well, that's fair. So let's do this. This is your spoiler alert. At this point, I think we should just dive in to some of those details. Um, And the reason I want to pivot now is because I want to start on something you said, Ray, which is that you felt like it dragged on. And it's really interesting because I I agree with you. But the interesting part is that this movie basically covers the first four books. Yeah. So a ton of stuff happens, and yet it still kind of felt pretty slow at certain points in the film. Yeah. Particularly, I, I just I felt like it took a really long time just to get her to be the battle angel, um, which I know is it was kind of like the third act, so to speak. Uh, but Ryan, what did you think about the pacing? It seemed long, but I didn't mind it so much because there was so much beautiful stuff to look at. Uh, I mean it might be the most beautiful film in terms of uh, effects 
that I that I've ever seen. I mean, you know, obviously compared to like Hero or something, it's gonna that's a much more artistic type of uh, type of film. Oh, sure. This is, but th- this, I mean, in terms of special effects, is it might be the highest quality special effects I've ever seen. I was never taken out of the movie by Uncanny Valley, which is something that's very rare, uh, especially in a 3D movie for me. Um, yeah, I mean, it, the fact that it was, you know, it was, I think it was a little over two hours. Just um, it over, did, yeah. it, it did feel like that, but it wasn't, uh, I, I didn't mind that. I think it dragged okay. on because there's so much exposition that they were trying to get through and to establish this world they just had so much stuff that they wanted to put in there and a lot of it was to set up a sequel unfortunately which that bothered me a lot but um yes. yeah there was just a ton of exposition that was the part that dragged for me yeah i i do have to agree on the special effects i am for those who listen to the show know that that's a, a big sticking point for me i have a very critical eye when it comes to that and i struggled to find problems with the special effects in this film it was gorgeous the alita character looked phenomenal all of the other cyborgs who had mainly just faces on robot endoskeletons just it all looked super cool the universe looked great um the just just all of it just looked fantastic um but you're right the exposition's pretty crazy and christoph waltz i mean that was basically his entire job was just hey you're gonna tell everybody the history of the books <laughs> yeah it was kind of i wouldn't say he was wasted there were other characters that were wasted way more than he was but yeah he was just driving exposition was his entire character's plot Absolutely. I completely agree. I think the issue is this probably should have been two films. I think the emotion would have been better to split it up. There's a huge disconnect when you kill off that many characters. I felt like I was supposed to care as each person was killed off. And I just, I I couldn't. However... You did care for one. I did? The dog. (gasps) <gasps> oh mother i almost went john wick on that stupid movie like how dare you kill that dog as soon as the dog showed up and started getting pet by alita i was like that dog's gonna die by the end of the movie <laughs> yep i'm jaded i guess yeah, well that was that was a good scene though the dog came out and was trying to protect uh, oh, God, alita so even cute. though it was just this tiny little thing you know i don't know it was so cute that Oh, I completely agree. Yeah, once that dog died, I was... Although the blood under her eyes, it was a little weird. Like, I, f- I could see Rachel doing that same thing. If something happened, if somebody went after Luna... That is like, how you get hepatitis. Angel, well, I don't think you'd be thinking about that at the time. I Yes, I'm always thinking about blood-borne diseases. Well, yes, not if I... you're a cyborg. Yeah, can Alita <laughs> get hepatitis? I don't know. I don't know, but That's really, would movie. she want to try? Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like that scene is is very clearly designed to show which characters actually care, right, and are decent beings, and the ones who aren't, right. And you're you're ended up with our our main three characters, and then the cool cowboy dog guy, yeah, <laughs> whose character the coolest. is never to be seen again. I know, what? and I was that was so disappointing because he was the coolest of all. I'm like, that would be me. I want all the dogs. <laughs> yeah, all my dogs would be cyborgs. Like, okay, sure. Well, his little one wasn't. That's true. Um, That's true. but what? It, so, 
Christoph Waltz, though, I, th- I think focusing on him for just a moment to Ryan to your point, I I certainly don't think he's he's wasted necessarily, but his talents kind of are because he's not really allowed to do much. You know, he's there to explain things, and when he is given an opportunity to step out of the explaining role, uh, he's still kind of the old guy with a comically large hammer around all these like expert assassins. He did get to play the damsel, though. That's a role that we don't see played by a lot of men in any capacity. And she totally came in and protected him and saved him, rescued him, whatever you want to call it. So it was a unique juxtaposition, but I don't think the effects were fully there because of the exposition monster he had to play the rest of the time. Mm -hmm. So on that point, talking about the gender role reversal and things like that. That part was okay. I think that my biggest problem plot-wise with the movie was that you have this super badass female character, one of the most badass female characters I've ever had. And within, like, I don't know, an hour of the movie, she's literally giving the most powerful technology in the entire world they've established to this guy. Like, you know, and everything she's driven by in the whole last half of the film is him. Yep. And th- so, so you know, that really bothered me. I actually, when I came out, uh, I was talking to my girlfriend and I said, you know, they should have just done without the whole romance in the movie. But but then there's, that's the entire plot. So At least for the second half of the film, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think it, it's, it's a flipped role, though, because there are tons of movies out there where the guy's woman, lady, you know, gets killed and he has to avenge her. Right, and that's what this is. This is a romantic. Well, that's revenge. not until the last five minutes, though. The, like uh, the the problem is, is that um, you know, men are. It's just the way the women are portrayed in other movies, or men are portrayed in other movies, isn't equal to this because this she was basically helpless. It seemed like when anything happened around her, man. And, you know, guys don't, in, when they're heroes in movies, don't get to be this stupid, you know, character that doesn't really have anything to do other than they're female. I don't know. It just really stood out to me as a, it just seemed like unfair treatment. You're right. I guess if she had died, he had died at the beginning of the movie and then the rest of the movie was her trying to get revenge on that. It might have been better for me because that would have been more equal to what you're talking about. But because he was still alive and she was, I don't know, maybe I'm not making any sense, but no, that was, no. I, that, pro- that was a problem for you me. No, you are. I, this goes back to my point that I think it should have been split into two movies. I think it's incredibly justified for her to have a crush on this really cool guy for him to be tropey problematic. And she, <sighs> I think it would have been better for them to deal with that. She never got the chance to deal with the fact that he was, uh, you know, kind of dis- dismantling cyborgs just in the street and then selling. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Their body parts and... It yeah, was that was a- very rushed. 
it was a huge problem that she offered him her core and just out of nowhere they've known each other for maybe a week that's something that it should have popped up in the second movie the the whole romance for me to give one shit about Hugo in any way it needed to be split up into films because I needed the the time to be like oh yeah they're really cute and they're a great relationship and I needed to reflect on that but no 45 minutes later dude dies once and then he dies a second time and I don't care either time kind of just really happy to see Ed's screen stab some people so yeah it's that's this a is, problem it is a problem and this is clearly it's one and a half movies Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we we talk about how, um, you know, I, I mentioned how like Infinity War is half a movie. This is one and a half movies, <laughs> you know, and I think the issue here is that the the revenge plot of the second half of the second movie is going to be in this would, would be in the sequel that we may not get. I mean, I think it's tracking well enough that it's worth the risk, but we'll still have to wait and see on that. But I think you're right. I, I think. They needed more. They That was kind of the point I was making earlier about this movie. A ton of stuff happens, and yet it still feels like it drags on, but the important stuff is rushed. You know, how she falls in love with him feels rushed. How, you know, she's willing to offer her heart incredibly quick, right? He dies so fast, and then next thing you know, she's a champion, and the movie's over. <laughs> right. Um, I think my, my biggest problem with the movie, because in my head, I guess, I... I expected this to be more than one movie, so I was I was kind of allowing the story to continue on to the next one for that reason, fair or not. My biggest problem with the movie, though, is, is the writing, because there is some tropey, silly-ass writing in this movie. Right? Oh my god. It's bad. See, I didn't have that much of a problem with it. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't expecting like the, the it to be like a oscar level script or anything from a dystopian science fiction movie that it was produced by james cameron and directed by robert rodriguez no i'm not looking for for anything special but like i mean there's a line in there it's like you know she looks like an angel and she can battle okay the angel lines yeah those (laughs) like i did have a problem with that when we came out that was another thing we talked about it's like right at the beginning when he's like waiting for her to wake up and he's like what are you thinking about sweet angel or whatever? It's like, okay, we're forced. How many times are we going to force in the angel line? And then they really only did it one more time, but it stood out every time. Yeah. And a lot of the exposition was just, it was convoluted because he kept lying. Like they just kept making Ito lie over and over again. And and that, that stretches this movie out. Cause if he just tells the story, you can skip a lot of this BS, but he has to keep kind of, breadcrumbing out pieces as she finds out that he lied to her you know and it creates this convoluted subplot of oh is ito the murderer you know and he's not right so they could have removed that whole section of the movie and pushed more of it forward if they had just let him tell the truth yeah i did think him being a hunter killer or whatever it was called was uh pretty cool you know, it was a cool idea. I don't know that it was executed that well because when I was watching him fight, I'm like, why any of these cyborgs would kill him when they were in the bar or whatever? Any of these cyborgs would kill him in like two seconds because yeah. he he just can't swing this hammer at all, even though it's got a rocket strapped to the back. It's not really that he's not swinging it that fast, and these guys are moving at like light speed, so 
how does he actually kill anybody? And I guess they showed that one scene that he's just surprising them when they come around the corner. He smashes them with a hammer or something, but I don't know. That seemed a little weird, but it was a cool idea. It was silly. His his weapon seemed the most out of place of anything else in the movie, just from a, like, stylistically. Like, if, if you want me to believe this universe, right, and I'm in this universe, I'm in this world, everything fits together, and then you have this comically oversized weapon that would be something out of, like, I don't know, something Shulk would carry around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was obviously, this is what he used, I'm guessing, in the manga, and, uh, you know, I just think that maybe the proportions didn't translate well to a movie that's supposed to be... Uh, in a based in somewhat of a reality well because you can get away with it in a in a drawn panel right but getting away with it in real life that didn't translate very well well nothing else is exaggerated everybody else's weapons and bodies and styles all are proportional right you've got the one big guy but everything else seems fairly normal like if we had that technology this is kind of what it would look like yeah I, I think uh, I, I think there was so you know uh, going back to the positives about this movie, there was a lot of kind of tropey things that I th- that I actually really like in movies, um, and that I went with in this movie that worked for me really well. And one of them was kind of to bank off what you just said, Derek, was this huge. Oh, I mean, I'm a child of the '80s, so giant muscle guys are like my favorite thing, and I say that as a very straight man. <laughs> But giant, muscly, like, bad guys are are the Very best. Straight. And then especially, well, I mean, that's debatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other end of that, that, the, you know, whatever the protagonist is, being a very, you know, small but hugely powerful person and beating the big guy, that's one of my favorite tropes. And, and it was executed extremely well in this movie, and I loved it. All the... You know, Alita's fighting style, her actually using a martial art to defeat the bigger guy, and that's how she's able to do a lot of this stuff, um, this ancient lost martial art. I actually really liked all of that, and I bought right into that. Yeah, I pretty much agree with all of that. Um, she, I mean, she's my favorite part of the movie. There's no question about it. I thought the Alita character was just awesome. Um, super unique, definitely stuck out in this world as someone who didn't quite belong, but was finding a place and um you know an underdog story is usually pretty popular and she's supposed to be the underdog but then you find out that of course you know she has all these amazing abilities and then you know she's taking down you know people five times her size entire groups of people um it's it was really cool to watch yeah rosa salazar i mean i i saw a picture i don't i wasn't super familiar with her but when i saw pictures of her after the movie i was like wow that doesn't even look like the same person but the the mocap was great mm-hmm. um i mean the big eyes were there were a huge point of contention when the trailer came out um and but from the beginning they worked for me even when that first trailer came out i'm an eye guy like i like to look people in the eyes and and uh make eye contact and i get a lot from that in terms of what who i'm talking to and i think that it was not wasted on her character. It really portrayed the uh, naivety or naivety or however you say that word of the character extremely well. You really bought in that this was like an innocent, naive person. True. You know, and having big eyes is kind of a good way to, to go about that. So that really, really helped her character, I think. And yeah, 
by far my favorite character. Absolutely. I I have to agree with that she did a fantastic job and I think I was more interested in the motorball and in the hunter warrior aspect than the Hugo romance and it would have been cooler to see that stuff. See, I think if 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 it was the way I would have wanted to make it, it would be more focused on like a um Ido and Alita doing a duo uh you know hunter killer thing right and, yeah. and that being the main plot maybe not like a buddy cop thing but something similar to that where they're out um and exploring that and then just forget about Hugo you know I wanted to see more of that I wanted to see more of the cyborgs fighting the fight scenes despite being mostly CG were really well choreographed um something important to me that we've talked about before is plot is fight scenes moving the plot forward and yes. I thought they did a really good job with with the fight scenes. They everyone got like a character reveal about Alita, um, or you know something about her power set that you didn't know she could do and that she didn't know she could do. There was always a cool reveal in all the fight scenes. Um, and the one where she's fighting the big dude and she gets chopped up. Oh, God, I mean that, that was, was cool. like a Matrix Neo level moment for me. Uh, you know when Neo's like, I can do all this stuff and be this super powered thing. Uh, you know, that was her moment when she's literally just one arm and a torso. Well, I was really waiting for that guy to uh, get some sort of death blow on her because at that point she had gotten full of hubris and I was just waiting for her to get her comeuppance. I didn't expect it to be like that big of comeuppance. Like I thought it was going to be a leg or an arm. I didn't think it was going to be everything. But I guess for her to get the new Berserker body, the rest of the uh, old body had to be completely unusable. It's an it's an intense scene. Um, I, I it it really shows who she is, though, right? Because Ray, to your point, yeah, she's she's super cocky when she strolls into that bar and everything like that. That was great, though. That oh, that yeah. scene, I loved that scene. She deserved to be cocky. I'd be cocky, too, if I had kicked three cyborgs' asses. I could, you know, stand on my finger. Like, absolutely. I'd be cocky, too. Uh, Yeah, but what I like about it is when she's at the end and she's got one arm left, you know, or um, she's, she's basically trapped. She doesn't give up. She doesn't quit. She comes up with something else to do to prolong everything, to stay alive, to injure him more, to keep the fight going. And that shows her true character, Yeah. right? That's who she is. She's someone who's never going to give up, who's never going to stop fighting, who's always going to continue pushing forward. And that's a character that I want to watch. Same. You know, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the Rocky trope. Right. You know, he's getting his face busted in, his eyes are closed and his ribs are broken, whatever, you know, Rocky four. And he's going to keep pummeling away until something clicks. And that's yeah. that's what that scene is for her. Now she gets some help at the end and then she gets in the cool, the cool new body. But um, that scene's really important. I think it might it might be the most important character scene for her. It might have been my favorite scene. Uh, I, the other the only other scenes that can really compete are the was it murder ball is that what it was called motor motor ball motor ball um it might as well have been called murder ball (laughs) but those scenes were beautiful and really fun to watch um they they were very reminiscent of 80s 
uh, 80s movies for me. Uh, you know, you get Rollerball and and uh, some of these other movies that are similar. I even got some like Total Recall vibes and things like that. Um, yeah, those scenes were really beautiful and fun to watch also. And you care so much about Alita. It's just funny to see all these, again, these huge characters yeah, with massive saw blades and, you know, these crazy weapons. Uh, and then there's this, like, little girl with, like, a helmet. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, it, it was, uh, that was great. Well, it, it, lay, it lays in the foundation of all the martial arts films that, you know, we've seen over the years. She uses their weight, their strength, their overconfidence against them, you know, and uses that to propel herself or propel them into something. And I think if I have any major complaint uh, other than kind of the silly writing is I wanted to see more of the motorball. I wanted to see her rise up through the ranks. I wanted to see her practice. I wanted to see the sport in action more. They could than... make a whole movie based on that. They could. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, I'd they kind of have. It. It's called rollerball. <laughs> well, but... rollerball is a little different. Uh, Okay, well, fair enough. Okay, I never saw the remake, so I guess I can't say that. But the original <laughs> Rollerball, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. There was I, I liked the scene even when she just shows up uh, to watch. I thought that was really cool and her kind of uh, innocence into this crazy sport where you know it's this huge spectacle in a city that's they make the sound really crappy, but it's really not that bad. It's pretty nice actually. Um, you know, but the but this thing stands out among the rest of the city. Mm-hmm. This huge lit up stadium and everything, uh, and everybody going to see it. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we should talk about that for a minute because I I kind of had a hard time buying into how shitty it was all supposed to be. Like, don't get me wrong, it's not a paradise by any stretch of the imagination. But as far as like post apocalyptic environments are concerned, it didn't seem that terrible. No, it was not bleak. It was pretty nice. They would like show this, you know, forest and then they show this like beautiful moss covered crashed spaceship on like a beautiful lake. And like, you know, I, I was like, this seems pretty good. Why does anybody want to go? I mean, what's up there that's so much better than where they're at, you know? Yeah. Well, my question was, why are they all staying in this city? Like, if you are unhappy, truly, why not leave? Why not go to these lush forest areas and start a new life? Like, what is holding people back from doing that? Yeah, and they don't really explain that. And that's another thing they, you know, there was a lot of story stuff at the end. I was just like, okay, I, I, I want more. I want, I want to know more. But we just don't ever really get that because they have to do so much and cram so much into the movie. That, that was definitely a, a bad point mm-hmm. of the movie for me. It was I didn't get enough of the things I cared about, and I got too much of things I didn't care about. Rachel, you haven't talked a whole lot. Well, and I my, know you didn't really love the movie. Yeah, th- I think that's my issue is that I'm running out of things to talk about. This movie didn't really resonate with me, which is a problem. I had no emotional connection to just about any of the characters, which is a problem for me. And then lastly, I also just like a lot of it is forgettable. I'm sitting here and I'm forgetting giant chunks of the movie. Maybe it was the pacing. Maybe it was the other two reasons. But, you know, I, I'm just remembering parts. I remember kind of how useless some characters are. And like Jennifer Conley looked amazing, but she was just kind of useless. And it it's just difficult for me to come up with things to say. 
Yeah, her and Mahershala Ali were kind of... If I had to pick wasted people in this movie, I would say it's those two. I think uh, she, her character, you know, she had the little thing on her forehead that's supposed to be from the floating city. Yeah. So obviously there's some backstory there. You know, well, we they, wanna... they, they do explain that. Like, they were up there, right? Right, but but we don't get, mu- uh, we don't get a lot into that. No. We just know that they come from there, and that's about it. Yeah, and then doesn't... Mahershala Ali was equally as wasted, I thought. Yeah, it doesn't say exactly why the characters from Zalem had the star in their forehead. And I, in the end, and here's the part I think that bugs me the most, is that Nova, who was ultimately played by Edward Norton of all douchebags on the planet, um, is the big bad boss. And... No, screw that. Mahershala Ali is a big bad boss. Like, I never want to see him be somebody's bitch again. Like, that was upsetting to me. He is a fantastic actor and could easily take way more spotlight. So That, that I think, is the big problem, though. Like, he's not a very good villain because he's not physically imposing to Alita. Right. And at the end of the day, that's really all that you can have against her, somebody who can beat her. Otherwise, what is his pull? You find out that any real leverage he supposedly had is, is BS anyway. Right. It's supposed to be power, you know, like in the end, power wins. Well, Who's... yeah, it's it's like Superman versus Lex Luthor, right? You're, you're, Lex Luthor is not physically imposing over Superman, but he uses other means to try and beat Superman. Sometimes, sure, he builds a suit or whatever so that he can be imposing. Eh. I hope they don't do that yeah. in this. But, um, you know, there, there's always those characters that are super strong and almost physically unbeatable. The, that's the plot device that, that lets the other person win. Yeah. It's they're smarter, they outmaneuver, they're however many steps ahead of the main it's character. It's physical power versus societal power. Like, but it, it turns, turns out he doesn't have any. Right. And again, a huge reason why he's wasted. Somebody else needed to be in that role. Christopher Mintz Plass needed to be Vector. Like, because I can see his character from Kick-Ass as the motherfucker being Vector, but not Mahershala Ali. Yeah, having the Ed Norton reveal is kind of silly on a couple of fronts. Like, first off... We still don't really know anything about Nova, right? If, unless you've read the manga, of course. And so for us, it's like, okay, he's just this weird guy who supposedly discovered immortality up on on the city. And he takes his glasses off and, oh, it's Ed Norton. So what is that supposed to tell us the character's important? We already know he's supposed to be important. So, right. you know, the reveal's kind of silly. So it's almost, it's just, it's totally wasted. Like, I get the idea is that he's supposed to be the main bad in the sequel that we may or may not ever get. But... The fact that it's Ed Norton's not really relevant. You didn't need him to take off the glasses. It was for the the effect for me and my girlfriend was when he, when it was the reveal and then I went to the credits. I was like, "Is that Ed Norton?" Yeah. <laughs> and I went to my phone and started looking through IMDb and didn't see anything. But then eventually I found something to confirm it. Uh, that was the only effect it had on me. It was kind of like the Grindelwald reveal, where it's like goes from being one actor to another, and you're like, "Okay." And it didn't really, I didn't really care that much. Well, you're more fixated on if that is the actor or not, and less fixated on the possibility of a sequel. You're sitting there and you're like, 
huh, it is. It's like that person that you see at the grocery store or something. You're like, I think that's so-and-so. Is that so-and-so? Like, mm-hmm. I do like Edward Norton. Like, obviously, Rachel doesn't. I mean, maybe he's Douchebag. done some things that I don't know about. <laughs> but but as an actor, I actually like him in most of his movies. So, I, I mean, that would make me actually a little bit more excited for the sequel if there is ever one. There um, you go. Well, I... you two are going to be dates to that. I'll pass. <laughs> I kind of nothing. Ed Norton, I've liked some stuff he's done. I haven't liked some stuff that he's done. I think for me, it just seemed, again, kind of a silly, unnecessary addition to the film that doesn't doesn't change anything. Yeah, it's like how much of the budget went to paying Edward Norton for his like eight second cameo, right? That's a good question, though. You know, because the rest of the cast, like, don't get me wrong, you know, Christoph Waltz, Jennifer Connelly, Mahershala Ali, these are good actors, but. I don't They're think all any... Oscar winners, well, by the way. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But I don't think any of them are commanding the kind of money Ed Norton would probably command. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just for him to show up on the set for a six-second cameo or whatever, you know, he's probably going to have to get paid a good amount because I can't imagine them being like, hey, here's 20 Gs. <laughs> show up for six seconds and take off some glasses. I mean, unless... <laughs> He probably already has the contract for the next film, right? And he probably was standing to make a good chunk of money from that. It's possible, yeah. It, it, that, that was mostly what I was thinking was, was that Edward Norton? And how much did they pay him <laughs> to come and do this thing? Um. All right. Well, I guess then, you know, only other things that pop up. Uh, the score was not particularly memorable. It wasn't bad by any means, but nothing really stuck out to me. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. No, it was fine. I mean, definitely not the high point of the film. I was actually more impressed by the extreme detail that Robert Rodriguez put into this. And as a director, he loves extreme detail. Like he picks out his extras very consistently. He runs through all of his uh, CGI rendering incredibly closely. Like, even the Shark Boy and Lava Girl movies, he's like dead on on the details. So he created this world and it was incredibly impressive. Yeah, so. the world building was probably the most attractive uh-huh. aspect of the movie to me. Uh, I think that's why I have such mixed feelings about it. Because the plot, I really don't, I wasn't that enthused with. But but the amount of world building that happens, either from the, the uh, exposition or from just the physical things that are existing in this world was very, very good. And I'm kind of a sucker for really good world building, especially in dystopian sci-fi movies. So um, that, that alone really made me buy in. So, I mean, the plot could have been even more trash than it was. And I probably still would have found some stuff I wanted to like about it. That's fair. Yeah. I'm in the same boat, you know, Uh, it's a beautiful film. It's an absolutely gorgeous movie. Special effects are very impressive. And I love the Alita character. So that with the world makes me interested. I want to see more. I want to see a sequel. I want to read the manga. It was definitely a silly movie at times. Yeah. I loved the Damascus sword, but I mean, as soon as they introduced it, you knew that that was going to go to Alita. Like that, yeah. that, 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 that this guy's not going to keep that sword. Sorry, Francis. Cool. <laughs> That's what the power that they couldn't figure out went to was to the sword. I thought that was cool. Yeah. His, na- his name is Ajax. Yeah. Well, and this is Zapan. Like Zapan. Japan, only not. Zapan. Yeah. I kept wanting to put Mars on the first of it, so it's like Mars Zapan. 
but I'm a jerk. That's a dad joke. Um, Anything else you guys want to touch on? Just you. Hey, hey. (laughs) It's good. Uh, Let's give our letter scores. I'm going with C (laughs) minus. Oof. Oof, C minus. Okay, Ryan. That's it's really tough for me. Uh, I didn't. I'm sure it's tough for you too, Derek. I I want to give it like a B plus, but it's really not a B plus movie. It's like it's like a B minus, probably uh, maybe C plus. I don't know, somewhere in that vicinity. It's like an eighty. Is it just me, or would we give two different scores here? Letter one letter for world building and the way it looks. Oh yeah. Another one for a... plot. The plot is what's dragging it down. Because otherwise, yeah. if, if the plot had been better, it would have been an A movie for me easily. I and mean, everything was just so beautiful. That's why for me, it's it's just a solid B. Because I think this movie does a lot of things very well. Right? We talked about all of that. You know, the visuals, the special effects, the Alita character herself, the world building. It's all very impressive. The story isn't even that bad. It's the character's dialogue that's pretty terrible. Um you know, because the actual story is kind of an interesting story that's we've seen in similar similar types of of uh, of movies before, but it's Hunger Games like cyborgs. I don't agree with that. Whatever, she's totally the Mockingjay. That's weird. she would eat Katniss for lunch. <laughs> well, well yeah, she's a much better fighter, that's for sure. I'm not at all going to argue that point, but it's the last Hunger Games film, like. In I don't know. I don't see Cyborg that parallel. World. All right, I whatever. I don't see that, but um, so, so solid B for me. Okay, well, I guess that's it. We're gonna wrap there, guys. Um, what do we got coming up next week? A podcast. That's true. <laughs> no, uh, we are doing a new segment called Nitpicking, where we take historically good comic book movies, and we're just going to be assholes about it. We're going to rewatch it and find what we don't like about it, because they are just that good, and we put them on high pedestals, but nothing's perfect. I came up with this idea mainly for, you know, the ratings. I'm hoping if we just shit on some of these classic movies, people will listen to our podcast. <laughs> so what's the first one we're doing? Spider-Man, the 2000, yeah, 2000. It came out in 2000 and uh, starring Tobey Maguire, Willem Dafoe. We'll do Spider-Man 2. We'll do Batman Begins and Dark Knight. We're going to pass on both their requels because they're just bad yeah but those those four films get put on pedestals pretty high so fair enough yeah um one other thing is we have a panel at planet comic-con at the end of march if you're going to be in the kansas city area you can see the three of us live together doing a live episode we will be ranking all of the MCU films tournament style with the audience. Uh, really looking forward to that. Uh, some of our other shows will have live panels there as well. So Red Shirts and Runabouts, Echo Station, and Gamer Heroes also have panels. So please uh, be sure to check out Planet Comic Con and come see us and interact with us. Come say hi and all that kind of cool stuff. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Ryan... Where can people find you on the internet? On the 
Internet. Um, Buster props <laughs> on everything, pretty much. Derek? I am the Star Trek dude. And I am Siren Ray. Of course, you can listen to Screen Heroes every Friday on everywhere there's podcasts. You know, it's it's pretty much that simple, guys. Spreaker and what other things are there? I don't even know. <laughs> we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're on lots of things, guys. Like, we want you to be able to Google Screen Heroes and find us. So our podcast is readily available. And, of course, you can go to heroespodcast.com for all of our shows and easy access to all the episodes. You can join us usually live on Twitch every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard. You can join in the conversation. Uh, Next week, we have every intention of being live again, so hopefully you join us at that time. And lastly, we have a Patreon because we have to sometimes buy new stuff. Equipment fails us, new things come along. So you can get exclusive content, opportunities to chat with us, producer credits, as well as your own picks for topics if you, you know, contribute to our Patreon. If you like us, support us. That's how this works. We love you. We'll see you later. Bye, guys.